Support for this podcast and the following message come from Gaia.com, the on-demand streaming TV service that helps you achieve your highest potential at your convenience. To get your first month at only 99 cents, visit GAIA.com forward slash My 7 Chakras. My 7 Chakras, episode 227. When we are born, one of the first things we do is breathe in. When we die, one of the last things we do is breathe out. So life could be one great breath. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to my seven chakras, and now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, founder and host of My 7 Chakras, the show where we dive deep into the ancient world to uncover nuggets of wisdom that will help you find your life's purpose. So, if you have deep questions about the mysteries around you and the mysteries within you, then you are at the right spot. Now, before diving into today's interview, I've got a quick announcement to make. I know that you love coming across the inspiring and uplifting books that that are shared during each episode. But sometimes, especially if you're in transit while listening to this episode, keeping a track of the books being shared can be challenging. And that's why I've put together a reading list for you uh, containing 21 must-read spiritual books that have been shared on the show. If you want to download a copy for yourself, all you have to do is visit my 7 forward slash reading list. That's my 7 forward slash reading list. And as always, if you feel that there is a book that needs to be added to that list, let me know via Facebook or email. My ID, as always, is aj at my7chakras.com. And having said that, it's now time to bring you our featured guest for today, Gary Savitsky. So, Gary, how are you doing? And are you ready to inspire? I am doing very good, and I am definitely ready to inspire. Awesome. So, Gary Savitsky is author, artist, messenger, teacher, spiritual mentor and holistic practitioner of various modalities. He is focused and passionate about assisting and inspiring people, teams and communities to connect and embrace their internal wisdom and guidance so that they may access their innate gifts to experience and create harmony in the world. 30 years of training and studying martial arts, ancient Chinese medicine, martial medical spiritual qigong christianity buddhism taoism nlp sound therapy and sound massage has collectively fostered gary's mindful insights and practical tools that empowers shifts and flows the energy within all around us born and raised in thunder bay Gary and Leslie have raised their daughter and two sons while welcoming into their home numerous rotary youth from around the world sharing the blessings of family and magical and the magical area uh, so Gary, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it's great to have you on. Oh, thank you, AJ. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. Wonderful. Uh, so, so many, so many fascinating topics that we could potentially dive into, and of course, we don't have all the time today. But uh, to 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 begin with, uh, let's start with some inspiration. Uh, my question is, what is your favorite inspirational quote, and how does that particular quote? apply to your life. So one of the quotes that uh, guides me on a daily basis is uh, a saying 
in the Qigong world goes something like this. When we are born, one of the first things we do is breathe in. When we die, one of the last things we do is breathe out. So life could be one great breath. So to extend your life, slow your breath. In our day-to-day life, especially in, in Western society, it's a busy life. And taking time to slow your breath has great benefits to the day-to-day life, reducing your stress, and ultimately uh, extending your life. Wonderful. Love that quote. When we are born, Action Tribe, if you think about it, we breathe in, we take in life, and we when we die, we breathe out. Uh, and although it might seem so simple, it is really, really profound because the bottom line is that if you want to extend your life as Gary shares, you will need to train your mind, train your body in order to slow your breathing. It takes uh, some practice, but when you master it through Qigong, through meditation, through some other fascinating ancient methodologies, you will effectively be able to not only uh, embrace more relaxation throughout the day, uh, have more magical moments, but also you'll be able to extend your life, so to speak. So thanks a lot for sharing that, Gary. I'm a big fan of Qigong and Tai Chi. Uh, I love those forms in addition to yoga. Uh, But let's dive in. So take us to the very beginning. How did you get started with energy healing? So my energy healing journey um, probably began in a conscious way when I was studying traditional Chinese Kung Fu with my Kung Fu master. Once you reach a certain level in the training, you start to learn the energy aspects of the art, how to move in flow of energy in addition to the physical body, and how to develop that energy in the body to enhance your physical performance. So essentially, in the beginning of, of learning Qigong or energy work for physical performance is, is why we do it in the martial arts, to strengthen our bodies, to increase our energy, to give us something more to draw on uh, outside of physical resources, to be able to heal faster, and to be able to sustain uh, damage, increase your pain threshold. After many years of studying the, the hard-style Kung Fu's, I continued learning with a Tai Chi master for a few many years. And he taught me more uh, hard-style Qigong or martial Qigong, I would call it. So my journey as a, now as a teacher of martial arts, I kept being very, very hungry to learn about energy, continued and found, or maybe we found each other, my next master, which was a medical Qigong master. So medical Qigong is essentially the same idea of study, different practices per se, but the idea is now to produce a healing effect right. in my body to increase my healing, and in addition to that, to be able to offer energy healing to others. So this is where it starts to change as a practitioner. I'm no longer focusing longer on myself. I'm focusing on myself and other people that I can help. From there, um, continued, found uh, again, or maybe was guided to my next spiritual, spiritual Qigong master, who's now teaching me and others how to open ourselves to understanding our place in the universe how we can receive that universal inspiration and now grow ourselves beyond development of ourselves in addition to help, helping others, but also have that spiritual universal connection that oneness we're all looking for. Mm-hmm. And uh, pretty much where my journey took me and to bring me to where I am today. Wonderful. So as I was reading your story, 
as it's outlined on your website i really loved how things flowed you know how synchronistically i believe you met these different people who took you on a journey from the more physical martial chinese kung fu uh more towards the more energetic variations of it uh, you, you know we studied the energy aspect of the martial arts and then you went into tai chi and then medical qigong and then spiritual qigong uh, sort of understanding uh, your role or your purpose in the grand scheme of things and how you're connected to the magnificence of the universe so sort of learning to heal yourself learning to heal others and then in a way learning to heal the world as well so love your story uh, now after embarking on the spiritual qigong practice you experienced a spiritual awakening is that correct yes yes that was um what was it like exactly <laughs> a spiritual awakening for every single human being uh will be unique to each of us we all have a unique journey and in our relationship with the universe is our own personal relationship to universe to divine whatever we use to associate that that word so what that was for me in a way was kind of blew me apart. Uh, I literally felt like I was being um, torn down and being remade. And it wasn't a single experience that took place. This took place over many, many years. The, the, first, the first real explosion, I would call it, happened, um, and it lasted like an hour or so, and I just felt like I was, you know, being being changed in some way it's it's very it's hard to put words to it uh, but but it was very expansive uh, but I, I wouldn't it was scary i'll tell you that too it was a little bit scary <laughs> a little bit of nerve-wracking yeah but but in my in my heart i'll call, call it this way i just felt that uh, it was most important for me to trust this, this experience and and to let myself go through it it was uh, again I, it was scary it was challenging but ultimately, what it brought me to was a greater sense of balance, a, better, a greater sense of who I am and what I can offer to others. And ultimately, so that I can move through my day-to-day life, not just as a physical person or not just as a spiritual person, but a blend of both. You know, there's a, sometimes people say that, um, you know, I'm a spiritual being on a physical journey. But that kind of denies the fact that I'm also a physical person on a spiritual journey. When and both together can we really be um, live in both worlds? And I think that's part of the most important part of my message to others who go through a, a uh, you know a significant spiritual awakening is, is is not to sacrifice one for the other, but to find that balance in between where you're both. Oh, absolutely. So love the fact that you mentioned that every spiritual awakening is different because we each have our own relationships with the universe. And during your experience, you felt like you were being torn down and remade. So I love that phrase. Uh, so you so you said that your experience lasted for an hour. So could you tell us what was that trigger point? What sort of triggered that sequence of events that lasted for an hour? What exactly was happening during that day? So that that was the uh, that was the one that was the one. The first one that was very significant like that, this, this continued to happen for many, many years, not just one event. But that one event, I was doing a, uh, a spiritual practice. I was studying with my spiritual uh, Qigong master. I was on, on my own. Um, it was in the morning time. I was taking a little bit of a mid-morning break. I was, so I decided to do this practice. And immediately once I made this, this connection in this practice, 
uh, it felt like I was I was connected with with the divine, with God, whatever word we use, and instantly I felt like a message came into my heart, and I uncontrollably began to sob, crying, racked with emotion that I could not identify. It was not pain, it was not sadness, it was not joy, it was just a torment of emotional release that I, I had no control over. So this took place for a, uh, went on for a long period of time. I, I don't know time-wise because I was kind of lost in, in that moment. Right. In, in the meantime, as I was, I was concerned, <laughs> ultimately, yeah. <laughs> am I going crazy? Am I, should I go to, to the hospital? I, I don't even know what to do. Yeah. And, and then in my mind, I, I hear a message. And, and it's not like, it's like it's my own mind, but, but it, it, it really was helped me to stay stable in that moment. And it says, you know, you're going to be okay. Um, trust. I am opening your heart. And it was, that was it. And, wow. and once I heard that, I just broke down more. And over the course of about an hour or so, um, I guess I, I, I released what I needed to release, and um, I was just shaken to my core. <laughs> and I kind of took the rest of the day to kind of just get myself back together. But uh, it, was, it was pretty shaky. It was pretty shaky afterwards. Now, these uh, awakenings, uh, based on what I have come across and people that I've met, and in your case as well, I, I, I read your story, are often coincided with phases of deep suffering, right? So what challenges were you going through during that phase? Well, this is, this is part of what, was, what brought me towards um, studying deeper into the energy healing part and the spiritual aspect. I, inside of me, I think this was always there, this little seed waiting to be nurtured, even since a small child, I, mm. I remember or things going back in, in when I was very young. But independent of that, um, I, I was going through a stressful time in my life, not personally so much, uh, but more in my career side of things. It was just very, very stressful time, and I felt um, the stress was building up in my body so much that it was physically affecting me, and, uh, and emotionally and mentally. So this, this being in that place where you're struggling, whether it be physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, instead of driving me down into the, into the ground where it kind of inspired me to reach out and to dig deeper and to find, you know, what, what is it? Why, why am I struggling like this? And how do I resolve this? How do, what is the source of my pain? And, and in some cases, as I was going through this, deep, deep things from my past started coming out that I had fired, buried away for many, many years. And now that here they are right in front of me and I can either, you know, try and hide them away in some corner of my, my experience or deal with them. But for me, it felt like uh, dealing, dealing with them was my only option. And I sought out deeper, deeper teachings into the energy and spirituality, ultimately uh, going through this process that I didn't even know would happen. It just, it just happened, and I can't tell you why, other than, than, you know, maybe it's there for all of us. You just have to be in the right place, the right time, in the right state. 
got it so so uh, why is that that in so many occasions uh, suffering and spiritual awakening they sort of occur at the same time or together you know i've uh, so marian williamson was one of the guests on our show and she talks about the importance of suffering uh, when it comes to spiritual awakenings and uh, i'm not sure if you heard about david goggins david goggins the navy seal and although he doesn't talk about spirituality so much he talks about the importance of suffering and how that could lead to uh, a transformation in your life uh, an awakening so to speak so what is it about these times of suffering that have such an effect on us well in, in my opinion it, it breaks us down and negates everything that you normally hold in the way to the waking out of the way. So when we, <clears throat> when we are we are in that suffering state, you know we are a lot more open. It's an it's an interesting way. It's unfortunately because I don't think that this is the only way to have awakening. But typically, a lot it happens more with people, especially in modern society, because there's so much elder stuff in the way. It's all these distractions in our life, and that's really what they are. They're nothing more or less than that. It's, it's not, not good things or bad things, but we're more distracted. We're distracted by the accumulation of things, the accumulation of wealth, the accumulation of, of people. What I mean by that at all, like I must have so many friends. I must do these things. Mm. Where all this stuff is always in the way, all this clutter. And, and, we, and we, when, we're, when we're so much of that distraction in and around us, we don't know who we are anymore. And, and what's inside of us is, is asleep, hence the word awakening. Because our true self is not about all this stuff outside. It's about what's all inside. And when we can open what's inside, then we can share that outside. And we navigate the world a completely different way. We see the world in a completely different way. So when we are suffering, all that stuff goes away. It has no meaning anymore. When we're in pain, we don't care about, you know, what clothes I have today or should I go see that movie or, or, or what kind of vehicle I have or what's going on with my career. Our prime focus becomes ourself. We go, oh, I need to care for myself because I'm suffering. I need help from others because I'm suffering. And that's when, when, when our resources are put, and that's when our barriers break down. When we're open to new ideas to solve our suffering, and that's when the awakening can occur. Well, thanks a lot for sharing. So, so you did go through these phases of suffering. You did have your first awakening that you mentioned, and you mentioned it's not just one awakening. You had many awakenings over the years. So what steps did you take to sort of reduce the suffering once you were exposed to the tools or techniques that could help you cope with it? So how did you go about reducing it? So the easiest answer to that is really listening to your heart. Everybody is going to be a little different, as I mentioned before, but the, this, the answer is the simple answer, is, is bring yourself into simplicity. In, when somebody is going through, as much as you can, exactly. I, I still had to live my life. I, have a, I had a family. I had a job. I had other things I have to do. But in addition to that, is the, the best thing that I found to cope or to help was to simplify my life as much as possible, reduce the distractions as much as possible, mm-hmm. and give myself time to myself to, to heal. And in between these, these times when I was going through these the struggle episodes and, and and the awakening process wasn't wasn't 
uh, a beautiful, blissful thing either. It was challenging, tearing down my belief systems, opening things, my eyes to seeing humanity and the universe in a different way. And then I have to, I have to understand and change myself. Say, well, I can't unlearn that. So now I have to change. I have to adapt. So there's always an adapted phase in between these, these, um, these changes. So spending time in nature, oh, I cannot say that's important. Um, that helps ground a person. Spending time in water, long baths, help ground and dissipate the high energy. Simple foods um, help with um, when, you're, when you're in that state. And stay away from, from the high-energy stuff um, that society gives us as much as possible. What I mean by that is, you know, I stopped watching, you know, movies and things that were that would be too stimulating. Stop listening to music that was too stimulating. Stop reading books that was too stimulating. I was already overstimulated. So simplifying the life as much as possible and, and allowing yourself time uh, when you can for yourself. Wonderful. So there you go, Action Tribe. Uh, there are times in our life when our heart seeks simplicity. Uh, at such moments, uh, you know, it's important to listen to your heart and not expose yourself to so many different stimuli and information and attention that people want from you. Uh, it's important to reduce those distractions as, as we're learning as much as possible and to be open to receive and to be open to unlearn and to be open to adopt these empowering belief systems that you can, uh, you know, add into your life so that you can uh, be more open to the awakening or the transformation that lies uh, ahead of you. But again, the goal is not to seek out more uh, you know, distractions, but to really simplify, simplify, and simplify. So, Gary, uh, somewhere down the line, you came across sound healing, right, which uh, I think is an amazing modality. I came across some of your YouTube videos where you were, you know, literally placing these singing bowls around people and uh, very meticulously, very artistically helping them heal uh, So, how did you first hear about it, sound healing? Sound healing was... Is- very much like the rest of my journey, I felt uh, guided to it or, or it guided to me. It, I, it really doesn't really matter. It's an expression of language. But all, I, was, I was at a um, – inside me, I think there was always been something calling to sound. As, as a young child, I never – or as a young adult, I didn't really express myself um, sound-wise in any way or musically. But after I was going through this awakening time, I just – it just, I can feel it inside. I want to connect with sound somehow, uh, and I didn't know what that was. I was at a, um, my, my um, sister gave my daughter a small little uh, machine-made singing bowl for, for her birthday one year, and I didn't know much about it. And I thought, well, that's kind of neat at the time, and, and so it was an interesting gift. <laughs> my daughter kind of just put it on the shelf and didn't really do much with it. And I was, I was in uh, BC in Vancouver, a great big health and wellness show. And there was a little booth there, a little Tibetan booth on, on, um, they had all kinds of little things there from Tibet and crafts and, and stuff. And they had a little singing bowl there. And I just felt, I went over there. Oh, and the, the person at the booth kind of showed me a little bit how it worked. And, well, that's really neat. I thought it really resonated with it. And I went back to my booth. And I kept going back and forth, back and forth. So eventually I bought that bowl because I just couldn't leave mm. it. I don't know why that was at that point in time. 
so that because I, I had that bowl and I started to you know experiment with it, I started searching again. This awakened something within me that I just could not deny. I couldn't put it away. I couldn't hide it. It just kept coming out, coming out, coming out. So I started searching, searching, searching. Found some other places. Got some other bowls, and ultimately found um, my my sound healing master, who's uh, um, from India, and started studying with him on. Again, for myself, it didn't seem enough that I could just learn how to use a bowl for myself. I had mm-hmm. to learn, felt pushed, drawn, whatever, to learn how can I use this to help other people. So inside, somewhere within me, it was always this thing, I need, to, I need to serve other people somehow. And this seemed to be a way for me to do that, in addition to the other offerings I have. So I studied with, uh, with my sound healing master many, many years, um, to the point where where he is now um, allowing me to to teach uh, in his name. Wonderful, and, and and what is really fascinating is that it all uh, started with your sister giving your daughter that gift, and even though that gift, uh, you know, you saw that gift, you noticed it, like you mentioned, sound. You were always drawn to sound, right, for many years, and it took that stimuli, <laughs> that gift, so to speak for it to remind you of your mission to find more and learn more about sound. And then you came to Vancouver, which I think is one of the top cities, <laughs> maybe because I live there. <laughs> but you came across, you came to uh, Vancouver, you saw a booth and uh, where, you, where, you, where the sound, the singing bowl was featured. You loved the experience. You wanted to learn more. And that took you on a quest uh, that led you to India. And then you learned for many years and uh, and uh, that's why you're here on the show. But for those who are brand new to sound healing, could you give us a brief overview of what sound healing really is? Because, uh, you know, the singing bowl is one thing, but I'm sure it's much beyond just the bowl itself, right? Absolutely. So sound, if we think about what sound is, really, uh, sound is vibration and energy mm-hmm. in movement. So from a certain perspective, everything in the universe is in vibration and movement. Everything in the universe, even inside our bodies, the universe inside our bodies is in movement. So we may not always can hear it, but if we're quiet, you can hear your own heartbeat. You can hear your heartbeat. So our heart is moving in our body, and it makes a sound. Our lungs move in our body, and they make a sound. They have a vibration. Every organ and cell in my body is in motion and has, in a sense, its own vibration and frequency. When we are are in a condition of dis-ease, whatever that happens to be mentally, emotionally, physically, energetically, then those vibrations are disharmonious. Um, They may not be vibrating the way they should be. There could be blockages to the free-flowing energy vibration. Sound healing is a way of using an external sound to bring harmony back into the system that we have. And I say sound, but I also mean vibration, because the singing ball is really an interesting, interesting instrument um, developed literally thousands of years ago based on ancient science that is still valid today. In addition to creating an audible sound, it creates, it vibrates in a harmonic nature. Each ball, if the are basically unique in their way, but but they they essentially help us tune our body back up. It is like a, imagine an orchestra, and I have so many different instruments in, in the orchestra. My body is that orchestra. For that orchestra to play beautiful music, 
and to work together as a team and he's a conductor. So when my conductor is not working well, the singing bowls are the conductor to help bring harmony back together. Wonderful. So I love the explanation. Action Tribe, everything around you is vibration and movement. Like we're learning our heart, our lungs, our cells, everything is creating some form of vibration. Everything is energy and energy itself is movement. And when you said that, Gary, what came to my mind is the tuning fork, right? So every tuning fork vibrates at a certain frequency. When you hit it, it uh, and when you immerse it in water, it sort of entrains those molecules around it to the same frequency. Uh, when we are in a disease, there is disharmony. But the singing bowl and the vibrations that it emits helps you get into harmony through the harmonic waves. It entrains your body to get back into a healthy state. So love the explanation. Uh, so since our podcast is mainly audio and people are probably in transit right now on the way to work or back or maybe they're outdoors, could you describe the healing bowl or the singing bowl and the apparatus to us? What are we looking at here? So a singing bowl is essentially like a, it's a bell really. Um, okay. It looks like a shape of a bowl. You know, you can imagine and even just like a, uh, a cooking bowl shape. And depending on the type of bowl, the shape of the bowl may change. It may be rounder or it may be wider. It may have a, a flatter bottom. And each of these different design features in the shape of the bowl produce a different vibration. There's also some bowls will be thicker and the rims may be curved. And each one of, each one of those design features creates a different vibration. That's why there could be bowls that that could be tuned to chakras, for example, mm. yeah, a root bowl, you know, a sacral bowl, a solar plexus bowl, a heart bowl, throat bowl, third eye bowl, or chakra, um, crown bowl. And their, their shapes are different. And the, and the qualities of them and the different metals that go into the design of the bowl also create different sounds and vibrations. So the bowls look aesthetically, they, they are sort of a brassy bronze looking, Generally, they are mostly made up of, of tin and copper, but there's also trace um, bowls in there. But the majority of the metals are what's called bell metal, but often you'll find sometimes gold and silver, um, lead, zinc, uh, things like that. And they come in various sizes. You know, uh, a small bowl that you could use on the body, uh, you know, maybe about a, a, a six, seven inch bowl. And I have a, a one bowl that's 22 inches across that a person stands. Wonderful, wonderful. So just so that our listeners can get a better understanding, what are some issues or ailments that sound healing via the singing bowls can help with? So, so sound healing is, is a very complementary um, modality. Helping, it could help with, with, with everything. Absolutely. I mean, it is. if you think about what is the majority of conditions that people have. I'm saying the majority. The majority are stress-related conditions, lifestyle conditions. So in, in our modern modern medicine is teaching us more and more, saying that about 80-plus percent of, of chronic conditions that people have in the world today are stress-related. Mm-hmm. If we can deal with the stress, we get rid of 80% of, of problems, physical problems, mental problems, emotional problems that people have today. The first thing that sound healing does is, is create the person in a deep state of relaxation and, and stress reduction. How it does that is, is when we are listening to the sound of the balls coming through our ears, as you mentioned, there's an entrainment that takes place with the brain and the brain waves, and we just start to relax. 
when our body relaxes and attention dissipates, our body starts to respond and act differently. Our blood pressure drops, our heart rate drops, the uh, amount of oxygen that comes in and carbon dioxide exchange gets better. We produce different hormones in our body. So instead of producing the uh, you know, stress-related hormones, we are now producing healing hormones. So sound healing essentially is really reawakening the body's own self-healing and enhancing it for the time. And the more you do sound healing, the more your body gets used to relearning how to be relaxed and how to heal itself. Got it. So I love that you said that our body is relearning how to help itself with the help of the singing bowl. So that's amazing. Uh, now I've read that these singing bowls can melt away negative beliefs and memories. Is that correct? How, and how do you go about achieving this? I really have to give credit to the bowls themselves. So there, when, again, it, it really, if you think about what happens with, with creating harmony and balance with vibration, it's not just based on the physical body. So much of our, our, our problems start in the mind what we think and then how it translates into our feelings and what we feel. And if we store those and we don't resolve those, eventually they'll manifest in the physical body. So when we are in the relaxed state and our consciousness starts to soften and becomes quiet, then those things that we've been holding down belief, uh, beliefs or emotional, mental blockages are more readily available to be released mm -hmm. so as a practitioner or a sound healer i don't need to know what those are i just work with the bowls i pay attention to the client and and these things come out the bowls encourage these to come out on their own sometimes with a, a session somebody will come in oh i you know I, I want some relaxation i have a lot of stress upset stomach issues whatever yeah in the course of the, the treatment that i may be working with um, with them, with the bowls, they start to cry because an emotional release is taking place. And sometimes they'll remember, oh, I just remembered something from my childhood and they're crying and they're releasing it because mm. they didn't release it in their past. So now it's coming out in the present and freeing them in the future. When we are in that relaxed condition, it's like those, those, those things that we're, we're holding that pain so tightly, we let go of it a little bit and then we can, and we can get rid of it now. Wonderful. It seems like the singing bowl is sort of stimulating these memory packets, uh, you know, of, of people and the memories that they've had, maybe negative memories uh, that they've had sometime in their childhood and they've stored it, uh, you, you know, in, in the mental body of the aura. And, and, and through these vibrations, it's bringing uh, these memories back and helping people release it, enabling them to be in a state of flow uh, and thus thereby healing. Now, uh, we speak a lot about auras on our show, uh, you know, auric healing, and as you mentioned, uh, chakras as well. Uh, the fact that you know different healing bowls are correlated with different uh, chakras, uh, the seven chakras and other chakras as well. But uh, I've read that singing bowls can help with healing our auras too. So could you describe how this works? Absolutely. So that is that is one one of the foundation practices, and with every single client, I always do an aura cleansing and strengthening so what, what basically what we're doing it's the same technique except instead of working with the physical body i'm working with the auric body at this point and and i have some bowls that are that are more um, tuned per se that work really well with that clearing the aura 
chakra, and I am actually using the vibration sound of the bowl, moving it through the person's aura in a pattern that helps to clear the blockages in the aura, and then reversing the process and bringing energy back into the aura, strengthening the aura. So that is a, a very strong practice and one of our foundation practices we use almost all the time with every client. That's wonderful. Well, thanks a lot for sharing. Uh, through your story, like I shared before as well, uh, I found out that you have, uh, you know, had an, an exciting and a very adventurous journey uh, with different mentors and different teachers, right? And these teachers, it seemed, uh, have come at the right time, just to teach you the right teachings, which will help you on your journey. So how did you go about finding these teachers? <laughs> You know, that's that's an interesting question. I, <laughs> I, how, how did I go about finding them? Yeah, was it like, uh, you know, completely a conscious plan that you had? No. Or was it the other way where they say when the student is ready, the teacher appears, you know? Uh, for me, it would be more when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Or mm. when the teacher is ready, the student appears. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, yes, yes, yes. But... I, I would say that, that the, the only real first conscious one I did was seeking out um, the study of Kung Fu when I was just a teenager. That was my first, oh, I want to go do this. And, and even that, you know what, it was a fluke. I saw, I saw this interview in a newspaper where, where they, they had done a little interview um, on a special on, on this guy teaching Kung Fu in my, in my community mm. and and boom, it just grabbed me. And as soon as I could, I signed up to start studying. So Wonderful. up until that point, I, I didn't didn't really know that I wanted to learn this. I just I kind of felt always intrigued a little bit, but boom, it went. And then it just kept going from there. I started studying with him, and he left the school. And, and then another, you know, the, the the master who started the school wasn't teaching. This was his. His, his top students that he was passing the school over to. So the first teacher, he, it, it, was, it was to get me in that door. But yeah. the next guy who came after that, who really took me down Kung Fu's journey in a really interesting way. And, and I just happened to start there within months that he came and he took over the school. So it was just timing, timing for us both. Mm. And, and again, with, with the... Um, my Tai Chi master, it was just, again, to me, it seems in hindsight, say, well, how, that, was there some kind of conscious effort? I guess because I, things happened that caught my attention, you know, just like that singing bowl. Mm. Well, really, I wasn't actively consciously seeking, but I guess subconsciously I was. And things caught my attention. I went and I, I followed. I followed that, that draw or that pull or that inspiration. Something inside me says, go do it, go check. And I did. And, uh, and you know, and really that's an important aspect I'd say for most people is in my journey, you know, one of my, one of my um, spiritual teachers, spiritual grandmaster, uh, Qigong grandmaster used to say, people ask him this often, you know, who, who taught you, who taught you? People always asking, well, who were your teacher? You know, they want to know how, how do you get to where people are? Who did you study with? Can, can I do that too? So they're valid questions. But his answer intrigued me and still guides me today. 
He says, well, I had lots of physical teachers, but my greatest teacher was inspiration. And, and that is my message too. My greatest teacher is inspiration. That singing bowl that went to my sister, uh, my, sorry, my, from my sister to my daughter, that inspired me to go further. That news article about the teacher teaching Kung Fu inspired me to go. Everything, every choice that I made on my energetic spiritual journey and what I have learned has, um, because of that has become because of inspiration. So inspiration is the greatest teacher. Listening to your inspiration will guide you to the right teacher. Uh, what is that one action step? based on what we've uh, discussed and shared today that you'd like to share with our community? Well, I could, I could share, what I'd like to share with them is um, a very simple de-stressing breathing technique that they can do today, tomorrow, and for the rest of their life. That, uh, that uh, listeners, if they're driving, they can listen to this. And essentially, um, when, when you stop driving, you can do this. You can do this today, you can do this tomorrow. I do this daily. I do this practice um, every single day. So if, if you want, I, can, I would like to share this with the audience. Yeah, sure. So it's very simple. It could be standing or sitting. And first part is make sure you're comfortable. And focus your eyes looking at the floor. Take a deep breath in. But breathe down into the lower abdomen instead of the upper lungs. Pay attention Filling the belly with your breath. When you can fill the full belly, hold your breath for just a moment and then let it all go. Move your focus with your eyes up to the horizon and look out towards the horizon. Second breath down deep into the lower abdomen. Feel yourself expanding. Hold that for a moment and then let it all go. Now move your focus looking up. Looking up about 15, 20 degrees up off the horizon. Looking out, breathe down deep, filling your lower abdomen. Hold it for a moment and let it all go. Doing these three breaths, it will change you. It will center you. It will ground you. It will balance you. Especially in moments of, of stress, anxiety, busyness. This could, this could transform your day very, very quickly. Wonderful. Thanks a lot for sharing. Action Tribe to access show notes for today's episode, visit our website, my7chakras.com forward slash 227. That's the name of today's episode, my7chakras.com forward slash 227. And before moving on, a word from our sponsor, Gaia.com. Explore the vast traditions of yoga with the Gaia original series, Yogic Paths. Filmed across India, the 13-episode series captures the beauty of mystical Indian landscapes and never-before-seen ashrams while taking the viewer on a journey through the many traditions of yoga. While the practice of physical postures called asanas is most well-known in the West, understanding the full scope of this rich and varied tradition gives meaning and power to the yoga that we know today. Action Tribe, since you're listening to this show, it's clear that you are interested in topics such as chakras, yoga, and self-realization, and you know exactly where to go for audio content and interviews. 
and I sure hope you feel this way about our show, My Seven Chakras. But where do you go if you want a streaming TV video service with the same values and similar content? The answer is Gaia.com. To start watching this show, The Yogic Paths, as well as get your first month at Gaia for just 99 cents, visit Gaia.com forward slash My Seven Chakras. That's G A I A dot com forward slash My S E V E N C H A K R A S. Focused will is incredible. If you have a dream and you don't give up, no matter what obstacles come up, then life's problems will fall away and you will get what you want. It happens and it works. This is a spectacular quote by Yani. Action Tribe, if you have a dream in your mind right now, no matter how far-fetched it seems, don't give up. In fact, take some time each day to do something about it, no matter how small. Move an inch each day and when troubles or challenges arise don't give up you can reduce your speed but make sure you still focus on that grand vision for your life whether it is financial freedom abundance of health or some other passion that you want to pursue if someone has done it in the past then you can do it too just hang in there and just like the phenomenal musician yani once said if you don't give up life's problems will literally fall away and you will get what you want and speaking about challenges, Gary, could you uh, talk to us about one challenge, one major life challenge that you had to go through in your life? What exactly did you go through and then what did you learn from it? Probably the biggest challenge that I went through was um, really dealing with uh, depression. You know, I, especially when I was going through a lot of spiritual changes in my, we call the awakening process, I did definitely fall into what I, I kind of call spiritual depression. Why is it spiritual depression? Really just because I uh, was depressed during my spiritual awakening. <laughs> not, not funny, <clears throat> but, but it was hard. It was very hard. And, and dealing with life during that time period, uh, depression is, is a challenge for, for anybody. And I, I would say the, the thing that helped me through the most was, was essentially faith, faith and trust faith that that I could survive this and that I could rebalance and that I could be um, well again and trust that that even though that this was a challenging time and that it was something I didn't want to experience trust was that there was there was something I was learning from this there was something I had to learn from this uh, for me to move forward into my life whether I understood it at the time I didn't. I didn't know why I needed to learn that. I don't know why I had to be, why I had to go through that. Why does anybody have to do that? So these are the questions I have, but ultimately by saying, I have faith that I'm going to get through, and I have trust, and I need to learn something from here. And when, I, when you think that way, when you can shift a little bit your perspective, shift your point of view, then, then coping becomes a little bit easier. And ultimately, it was true. I, I did have to learn something from it. And I did... Uh, move through it and I did balance and harmonize again and and, and we all can do that so based on what uh, you shared and based on your story what is it one major life lesson that you'd like to share with our listeners back uh, many years ago again going through a lot of challenges in my life um, an interesting message came to my mind one day and I say that because it doesn't didn't really feel like it was my mind was it my subconscious? I, I don't know. I tell you how, how it felt for me. It felt like it came from somewhere else. 
and it was really four simple words. And these four simple words have uh, guided my, my journey since. And, and really, it comes down to these things. Expect nothing and accept everything. In, in, in a spiritual journey, if you create expectations, then, then sometimes you will be, uh, be disappointed. And, and if you don't accept sometimes something that, that could transform your journey, then again, you can be disappointed. So it sounds like a simple thing, but it's a very deep teaching. Expect nothing, accept everything. Well, thanks a lot for sharing your story with us. You mentioned that one of the biggest challenges that you had to deal with was going through depression and, as you put it, spiritual depression, uh, which I'm sure is not an easy path at all uh, to go through. Uh, you mentioned that on your journey, faith and trust, those were the two mindsets that sort of helped you go through the moments. Faith, that what was happening to you was happening to you for your good in terms of learning moments that would help you down your path and trust that things would become better and trust that the moments uh, that were meant to be would help you in the future. Uh, so that is something that is really, really uh, inspiring. Thanks a lot for sharing. And you also mentioned that on this journey, uh, another mindset uh, that is going to help, that helped you and is going to help many of the people listening right now is the phrase, expect nothing and accept everything. Everything that comes in your way, good, bad, uh, or worse, accept it. Because when you accept it, you're sort of, uh, allowing it to flow through you, but let it go as well so that you learn these moments that you can apply somewhere down the road in your journey. So thanks a lot for sharing, Gary. You're very welcome. Uh, Action Tribe, I know many of you right now are not doing the work that you so want to do. Many of you have a job that you don't like, or maybe you're in a city that does not suit your vision. Maybe you're stuck in a community that doesn't allow you to grow or express yourself. Don't worry, things will change. The very fact that you're listening to this episode right now speaks highly of your vision and who you want to be. You're taking precious time out of your daily schedule to get closer to your dreams and for that, I salute you. No matter what you do, remember that there is no failure in life, only feedback because the feedback will help you adapt and grow, taking you closer and closer to your grand vision but at the end of the day you must be true to yourself and you do what you know deep in your heart is the right thing to do you need to do that because as john farrar once said there is only one real failure in life that is possible and that is not to be true to the best one knows so you know what to do <laughs> so gary please uh, tell us as on today what is your life's calling i, I can say that very simple um more and more my life's calling is to serve others, to serve people, to help share what I have learned in my journey, um, what I have been taught by inspiration, in addition to what I've been taught by my physical teachers, those I have met and those who I follow who I may not have physically met. My calling is to use all these skills, tools, knowledge, wisdom, practices to help people to find harmony and balance in their life, to reduce their suffering if I can, to reduce the time of their suffering if I can, to alleviate their suffering completely if I can. That to me is what is in my heart. And that's why I keep striving, keep learning, keep growing, 
keep offering and keep serving. Wonderful. And finally, we have arrived at the last round for today, which as our listeners know, is called the wisdom round. This round is all about providing our listeners nuggets of wisdom so that they can take note and take action. So Gary, what is the best advice that someone has ever given you? Best advice somebody ever gave me was um, uh, do the job, but the results aren't yours. What that means is that when I <laughs> allow the universe to have its role, but you do the job and understand that that it's not always about me and it's not always about somebody else and I can't always influence somebody else's journey so it's important to understand that sometimes things have to play out the way they play out so getting that message is do the job but the results aren't necessarily yours really changes my mindset saying that my most important thing to do when I'm working with someone is to serve them and in my heart and my intention are in that place but I also know that there's lots of other things outside that I can influence and I have to be at peace with that. So name a personal habit, one personal habit that keeps you strong. Personal habit that keeps me strong is, uh, is my breath. Is when I, ultimately if you think about how important breath is, you know, we, we eat food, yeah, but we can go 30 days without food. I drink water every day, absolutely, we need fluids. We can go two, three days without fluids. Uh, everybody needs to sleep, but you can go like 14 days without sleep. You can only go minutes without air. Air is our most primary source of our sustenance and nutrients, more important than any other form that we receive as a physical sense. So my most important daily practice is every day that I take time to spend just breathing, deep Qigong breathing. That um, really makes a difference in my day-to-day life. Even if it's just for a few minutes. If you can't do... Uh, an hour practice, do a half-hour practice. If you can't do a half-hour practice, do a 10-minute practice. If you can't do a 10-minute practice, do a three-minute practice. When Qigong Master used to say, you know, if uh, before the end of the day, if you haven't done some Qigong practice, then you don't go to sleep. <laughs> you sacrifice the sleep. The Qigong breathing is more important than your rest. So Gary, how do you begin your day? What is your morning routine like? The first thing I do every single morning without without hesitation or without stopping. Like every morning, I do a practice where it is a gratitude day sharing practice, really about what I'm grateful for in my day and what I'm grateful for what's going to come to me in my day, in, 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 in everything, and the abundance that comes to me, the food, the drink, countless things serve us in our day-to-day lives that we're not always aware of. You know, I'm, I'm sitting in a chair, well, somebody made this chair. So throughout in the beginning of the day, I always bring my awareness that people and things all across the world have done something to make my life this day. So that, that's the important part is that every morning before I do anything else, I go through this gratitude, um, awareness, and, and a sharing practice. After that, I also... Um, we'll often do my three-breath Qigong, or something very similar to what I shared with the audience today. I also do what's called a tongue healing exercise, which is based on traditional Chinese medicine and Qigong practices. And then before I take any food uh, or any other sustenance physically into my body, 
I have a glass of room temperature water that has been pre-boiled the night before. And then from there, um, I go about my day. <laughs> Great. So name one book that you'd like to recommend for our listeners. I would recommend Pieces Every Step by Thich Nhat Hanh. So Thich Nhat Hanh is uh, a very inspiring teacher of mine. I have yet to meet him physically, but he has been my teacher for many, many years. And, and that was the first book of his that, that I read, uh, especially in a time when I was uh, going through a lot of uh, stress in my life. And, and his teachings on mindfulness um, and what he says in this book can help, help everybody. So Action Drive, I know how much you love our book recommendations. And I know that many of you purchase these books as soon as you hear them shared on the show. And that's why audible.com is offering Action Tribe one free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so that you can get to check out the service. Now, in case you don't know, Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your device, including bestsellers like The Chakra System by Anadia Judith, Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda, and a New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. To start listening to your book, and not just reading it, but to start listening to your audiobook for free, go to audibletrial.com forward slash MSC. Once again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash MSC to download your book and start listening. So Gary, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing so many uh, interesting uh, techniques, uh, so many stories about your journey. Uh, before you go, tell us one thing that you're grateful for and also tell us how we can find you online. One thing I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for my journey. I'm grateful for all the inspiration teachers who I've, I've got in my life. Where you can find me is uh, on my website, www.garysivitsky.com. Got it. So we'll have this link up in the show notes, Action Tribe, in case you are interested in learning more about uh, sound healing uh, and about Qigong and about how all of that is connected energetically, then you must go to GarySavitsky.com. Uh, he does many other fabulous things. We did not have that much time to chat about it, but uh, I know, Gary, that you do also do divine calligraphy. Uh, but Action Drive, if you want to learn more, go to his website. We'll have the link up in the show notes as well. So, Gary, thank you so much for coming on the show, talking to us about about the power of sound healing and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Well, thank you so much, AJ. It's been my pleasure and honor to talk with you today and, and to share with your audience. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.